typical for me as far as like we're heading into Christmas and Christmas messages and uh, but I'm, I'm excited about today. For those of you that are tuning in online, we welcome you. We're glad to have you. Type in the comments. Hello. Good to see you. Man, guys, we have a, a pastor online right now, too, that just wants to say hi. He's there for you to listen to what's going on in your life. Feel free to shout out to worship, even as you, in your text. Guys, for y'all, those that, uh, that were here this morning, man, uh, let's bow our heads. Let's give God glory this morning. Let's praise and worship him first and foremost. Lord God. I thank you for who you are, for everything that you continue to do in and through my life, Lord God, in and through our lives, Lord, both seen and unseen, Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, because you're worthy of all my praise, because you're worthy, Lord God, of all my heart. I come in this morning, Lord God, and I pray that each and every one of us here would, would lay aside any hindrance, any baggage, anything that would keep us from being able to just come into worship and exalt your name here this morning, Jesus. We thank you for who you are, for what you're doing in our lives. It's in the name of your son that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, guys, let's worship the Lord God this morning. I search the world. Could me. A man's empty brains, treasures of faith, never enough. Oh, then you came along, and you put me back together. Show you my weakness 
Promise that your spirit would always be there, Lord, to connect us with one another, to connect us with you, God, to keep us in your presence always through your Son. Lord, we love you, we rejoice, we celebrate your birth, your life, your death, your resurrection, and your presence is always with us today. It's in the name of your Son we pray. Amen. And amen. It's okay to give the Lord a hand this morning and every morning. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you very much for sharing your time and your worship this morning. I want to welcome you again to be here with us uh, today and having joined us for worship this morning. Thank you for being here. Uh, if you are a guest today, we especially want to just welcome you and thank you for being here. If you're here visiting with us today, we have a gift that we'd love to be able to give you on the table back here as you leave today. You can stop and visit with uh, me or one of the pastors who will be back here, but we're very glad. We just wanted to be able to know you're here. There's new here uh, and serve here cards on the back of the chairs in front of you that you can also fill out. You can drop those in the black offering boxes on your way out just to let us know that you are here so that we can connect with you. We're very glad to have you here with us this morning. We have a few announcements that we want to share with you today. And so if you would, let's take a look at me because there's no video today because our videographer was not here. Corey thought I forgot. So, um, but I knew, I knew, I knew. So just a few announcements about things coming up this week. First of all, this Sunday, today is the last day to pick up the Gifts of Love cards in the foyer in the lobby out there you'll find them the ones that are left on the display on the far window they've got signs there you guys have done a fantastic job picking those up uh, we're partnering here uh, with the organization in the community to provide special gifts for those who need them and we have covered most of them today is your last day to pick up one of those cards if you would like to be a part of that blessing to our community as well this Tuesday night, another chance to be a part of Blessing the Community is our monthly night to restock the food pantry shelves. We do that at 6 p.m. Uh, on the second Tuesday of the month, every month, we take a team down there, uh, restock the shelves to keep that operation going. Uh, it's a great time to come down and see what's going on at the downtown food pantry. I love that organization. Uh, and it's just a great time. It only takes us about an hour to restock the shelves. Kids are welcome to come and help. Your family can come down and do that. And we just do it together. It's a great time. We do every month on the second Tuesday. So I hope you can join us this Tuesday, 6 p.m. No sign-ups. Just show up at the food pantry down there on Cherry Street and join us for that. Uh, thirdly, next Sunday, 
is our monthly Start Here class. We do that on the second Sunday of the month as well. It's a class we do at 9.30, just before the morning service. It's for people, if you're new here, if you're connecting with us and you'd like to know more about the church, about CF Paris and some of our distinctives and things uh, that we hold dear as a church family, we meet right back in the uh, reception room at 9.30, just before the church service. If you've got kids, they can come and check in to CF Littles and CF Kids early so childcare is available. You can just come join us for a donut and a cup of coffee, and we'll spend about half an hour just talking about the church. If you have any questions, you can ask me or one of the other pastors who will be here, and we'd love to have you join us for that as well. Lastly, next Sunday, uh, many of you know that yearly one of our favorite little holiday items that we have done to bring a little uh, extra joy and fun to the holiday season is our annual uh, ugly sweater party that we have done. Uh, and like many parties this year, uh, that one's canceled, but uh, we didn't want to miss out on all the fun that that usually has. So what we have done is we have designated next Sunday as Ugly Sweater Sunday here at CF Paris. Okay, so we don't want to miss out on doing that fun every year. So next Sunday, put your ugly sweaters on and let's all wear them to church together. And that way we'll get to enjoy that bit of fun that we have together every season and just continue to celebrate and have fun together. Regardless of what's going on, we can celebrate the goodness and the fun and the grace of Jesus, right? That is it, and that's the end of the video, so now I have to make an exit from the stage and welcome Pastor Corey. You guys welcome him to the stage with me. Thank you, sir. Wow. Ugly sweater Sunday. That's uh, everything that you ever hoped it would be. It will be. Um, man, I, uh, I, I want to give a quick shout out to, uh, we had quite a number of people um, from our, our staff, but then as well just volunteers coming up um, to pull together a non-driving float. It was a drive-by float. Uh, anyway, man, a great shout out to everybody that volunteered that was a part of that. For those of you that were able to get out last night and, and do the drive through and not get stuck in certain areas, um, we, did, uh, we did enjoy putting that together. There was a number of times we thought about quitting. <laughs> right up to the last day, we were like, nope, we're out, we're done. Um, like, this was, this was a fun year. Uh, so, so like one of the, one of the just, just like minimal things, but like we, we, we thought, okay, we got to get a trailer. So we had one guy secure a trailer, and then we had the whole, whole other group of people, like they're trying to design how we're going to build what we're going to do on the trailer. So they come up with a whole master plan. We get the trailer here, and we find out it's, it's diamond deck. I mean, it looks nice. You can't drill into a steel trailer. But we made do, we pulled it together. Uh, it was a great time. Thanks, uh, thanks for those that were, were a part. Um, it's, a, it's something about being a part of our community. We can sit here all day long and say that we're about Christ, but until we step outside of the four walls, until we realize this is the church, until we step outside and, and just get involved, guys, uh, we miss so much of what God wants in our lives. Um, so speaking of things that being different, one other announcement that uh, I wanted to share with you guys, we've put 
a, a ton, a lot of thought into our candlelight Christmas program. We do a Christmas Eve candlelight program every year. And this year, we wanted to continue that tradition. We wanted to continue being involved in the community, but as well realize uh, on top of just the obvious, there's people that are at home with their families and enjoying that time, that we're in a, a time where it's a little more difficult to come together and to figure out how to light every candle. And, and so what we've decided to do, guys, we're, we are super excited. We've been talking about planning now a, a we're going to produce, for lack of a better word, we're going to produce and, and record uh, a full uh, New Year's Eve candlelight service. We are even talking about having all the candles that we need. If you want to drive by and grab candles, we're going to have them, you know, sealed in Cloroxed bags. And uh, so you can take them home, however many are in your family. But we wanted to have all that. That way families can enjoy their own family on Christmas Eve night. That way you can gather around with your loved ones, whether it be with parents or with children or, or even relatives, however it is, friends, you can gather together and we can show, we can have for everybody, for the full community. Community, a candlelight service. So y'all be planning candlelight service. We'll have all the details coming out as far as the exact time that we'll, we'll shoot that and, and have that ready for everybody. But guys, we're super excited. Uh, I know some of y'all would much rather come together and drip candle wax all over our chairs. Um, but this year, this year, we're just gonna, we're gonna go live. Um, I'm gonna get right into my message here, guys, because uh, this one's, this one's fun. Um, so Look, typically, it's this time of year I, I start planning my Christmas message, and, and for the most part, I, I, like, I like a good, feel-good Christmas message. I, I'm with everybody. I want, I want the tingles. I want that warm glow. You can see the manger, and Jesus is all nestled up. I mean, he's got the covers pulled up tight. The cattle are lowing. I don't know what that is, but they do that. Um. Uh, I had a whole series planned, and, and then I just, I, I started thinking uh, about it, and, and well, I, I trashed it this last week, uh, because over the last few months, over the last few months, we've, we've talked about, we've discussed different things, including we, we were in a series called He's Never Lost. We talked about how he never will. We, we've been talking about purpose, how God, we know that God has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. And then we talked about trusting his purpose. In the middle of everything, you can, you can trust God's purpose. And yet, and yet, as we're coming into the Christmas season, as I, I hear stories of families that are struggling, as I, I, I hear uh, stories of, of people just struggling to make ends meet, as I, I hear stories of people that are medically struggling and not being able to see loved ones, and, and all these different things going on, I, I realize we're, we're still here. We're still here. And, and I, I started wondering what it is that we're missing. What is it that we're missing? We come in on a Sunday morning and we trust his purpose. And then Monday comes and we're back to questioning this season. Um, I, I truly believe that God yearns for so much more in worship from all of us. A, a depth from each and every one of us in regards to worship. I think scripture is clear on how, how that we should approach God. There's certain ways, there's certain things that you do when you come before God, and, and, and all of them, are, there's, there's this element of awe, this element, this realization of who he is in our lives. 
Approaching God is, is worship. That's all it is. Approaching God is just worship. And, and, and we think in our minds, when we hear the word worship, we think, man, I love to worship. The, the, the band played my favorite song today. Or, or I, you know, I get in the car and I worship. I turn on music and, and I, it makes my day better. But that's not who God is. God doesn't exist for us. On the contrary, as you read through Scripture, Scripture is very clear that we exist for him. Scripture says that we were created to glorify him, to, to worship him, to honor him. And I, I truly believe that one of the areas that we as, as followers of Christ can improve upon is learning to be worshipers. Not just, not just on a Sunday, but every single day, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Being a worshiper. A worshiper is who we are. It's not just something we do. Scripture even tells us that you and I were created to worship. We're created to worship God from the depths of our soul, from within our hearts, from our uttermost being. We were created to worship God. And so, for the next few weeks, what I want to do is uh, I want us to really just ask God, God, that, that he would build within each and every one of us a desire to know him more intimately, to worship him passionately. Because we can sit here and say that, that we're trusting God and we want all these issues to be behind us. 2020 is over. We're, we're going to move on through Christmas into 2021 and everything's going to be better. Things are going to change. Things are going to be different. And we can put all we want, all our hope out there. But today, today still hurts. Can you worship him today? Not based on your opinion of what may happen tomorrow, but... But can you worship him today? And what's your posture? Scripture's clear on, on our posture coming before God. And so I want to talk about just that. Four different postures over the next four weeks. Four different postures. Now, I'm, I'm going to be... So, so next week what I'm hoping to do, I'm hoping to talk about bringing your gifts and how one of the greatest gifts we can ever bring before God is our very own lives. Submitting our lives, coming before Christ and saying, God, my life is yours. Uh, Christmas, our Christmas service, which is going to be December 20th, I, I want to talk about kneeling down, bowing before God. Scripture talks about that. The wise men came and knelt before Jesus. But then going into the new year, it's, it's the last Sunday in December. There's, there's a message I want to preach, and, and, and really it's just, it's just the... Uh, the understanding that it's okay to pour out your heart, to cry before God. I, I think there's been so much going on this last year that sometimes we're, we're hesitant to, to tell God how it is. God knows how it is. He knows what's going on in your lives. He knows the very thoughts, the hurts, the struggles that you're going through. But somehow we, we, talk, you know, we, we get all prim and proper. We come before God and we're like, well, dear, dearest heavenly Father beloved, thou art worthy today of all my glory and even though day was hell, some days are just that. But in pouring out your heart, as I look through Scripture, I can see a time, instance after instance after instance, where, where people will come before God and they'll tell Him it like it is. They, they share their heart, but every single time there's a segue. They get through pouring out their heart, they say all that, and then there's always a yet or there's a but God. So you can't just pour out your heart, blame everything that you want to on 2020, and then move on. There's a recognition in pouring out your heart. It's coming before God and saying, this is terrible. I don't love it. But God, I, I know you're still in control. I know you still got me. I know, you, I know you're going to have this next year. I know you have what's coming. It's an acknowledgement. It's pouring out your heart. 
all of these being postures before God. Because your posture has the ability to transform your life. And, and I, I, I want to do all this because I've well been thinking about um, January. And in January, I want to tackle a subject that's uh, we, it's not talked about a lot. We'll talk about prayer, but we don't want to add that other word. And you all know it's coming if you've been in church forever. But starting in January, I want to talk about prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Some of you are like, oh, God, I'm skipping January. Look, guys, you don't want to miss any of these, this series throughout December. I think it's a preparation for what I truly want us to do come January. I'm going to be talking about prayer and fasting, and I'm going to ask us corporately. We're going to get some more information together on what it's going to look like, how we're going to do it. But corporately, I'm going to ask you guys to join us in, a, in some form or fashion in fasting for, for some parts through January and just praying for the new year. I truly believe that, that more so than just the potential to change your next year, praying and fasting, guys, has, man, it has the ability to transform your eternity, your life, and then those around you. Um, but in talking about postures, today I want to deal with one, and I'm gonna just, we're going to step out here right into the deep end because we want Christmas to be warm and cozy, but I'm just going to ruffle your feathers. Now, this one's going to make sense or not make sense solely based on where you grew up in church. Today, we're going to be talking about lifting our hands in worship. Lifting our hands in worship. And, and with that, of course, we're an eclectic church. There's a lot of people from, from so many different backgrounds right now. So our, our AGs, our AGs about to jump up and run around the building. They're excited. Right? We, we're getting... We got some Pentecostals going to make some laps here in a second. <laughs> Baptists, Baptists are like, oh, God, I knew it was too good to be true. We're out of here. <laughs> Get me to lunch and we're gone. Our Catholics are like, what's, what's raising hands? What are you talking about? And then the Methodists, the Methodists, we're, we're, they're, they're sitting there going, yeah, look, I don't care what you do. It's all good. You can do whatever you want. You just can't make me do it. Oh, the lifting of hands and service. Being honest, no matter what background you came from, if you walk into a service, having never been to a, to a church before, and you see somebody doing this, it looks weird. I mean, we can be honest. Like, we're okay, where are they? Like, it's real for them. I can tell they're into something. I don't know what the something is. It's just a, it's a little weird. I want to real quickly show you a, uh, a video. There's a comedian by the name of Tim Hawkins, and he said this about, uh, about lifting your hands in church.
It, it feels awkward. If you're not used to it, if you don't know what's going on, it, it really looks strange. It feels strange. It looks weird. People are, are doing something, and you can tell that to them it's real. There's something real going on in their mind, in their head, in their heart, wherever. They, there's something real going on, but, but on the outside, it just looks strange. Why is it that Scripture teaches us to lift our hands to God? And, and what exactly does that accomplish? When Scripture talks about this, it, I mean, it instructs us to lift our hands before God, but, but why? What's the reasoning behind it? I want to start today with a passage out of Psalms chapter 63. And uh, the psalmist David, we know him as King David, young David and Goliath, David and the lion. I mean, this, is, this was David, a man after God's own heart. A man after God's own heart. And in Psalm 63, what we see is happening is, is David has already become king, but his, his children have kind of had, there's been an uprising in the, in the land. So much so that Absalom, one of David's sons, is now chasing after David. David's out hiding in the wilderness because Absalom is looking to kill him. Chasing him down, looking for him for no other purpose than to kill him, to get rid of David. So I, I would guess that David's at a pretty low point in life. A low point in life. And, and, and I want you to notice his cry through Psalm 63. With everything that's going on, stuck in the wilderness, no longer living the luxuries of the palace, is he, is he praying to God that he would get back there? Is he, is he praying to God that God would maybe bring certain types of food or something for him in the wilderness? Is he, is he praying that God would stop his own son from trying to kill him? Psalm 63, starting in verse 1, this is David's response from the wilderness. He says, you God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a wilderness where everything's going wrong, where everything seems dark, when everything is dry and parched, where there's no food and no water, my body yearns for one thing, and that's your presence, God. I think this year, many of us may be in a place in, in, within our own lives where, where we feel in a wilderness of sorts, too, a desolate place, a, a lonely place. 
Some of you are in here today and there's, there's, there's feelings of, uh, of rejection. For some, there's even feelings of, of fear, worry. Some of you, it keeps you up at nights. And, 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 and it, it almost expounds and makes it worse. Here we are, we're going into the holidays and, and this is supposed to be the most joyous time of the year. It's the most wonderful time. And yet, for some, we're, we're sitting there struggling having to sit families down and saying, look, Christmas is going to be different this year. It's hard. It's difficult. And David, in the middle of everything that's going on in his life, to me, as I look at it, what had to be the darkest moments in his life, he doesn't cry out, help me out of this, or, or this is what I need to win, God. But instead, he says, above all this mess, I need you, God. Above everything else that's going on, there's nothing else on earth that will satisfy me. God, I desperately need you, your presence. Continuing on in, in verse 2, he says, I've seen you in the sanctuary and, and I've beheld your power. I've seen your glory because your love is better than life. Your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you because your love, guys, think about what he's saying. Your love is better than even living, God. More than I care about my last breath, God, I care about your presence in my life. Because your love is better than living, therefore my lips will glorify you. Your love is that good, God. I, it's so good that I've got to shout it. I've got to proclaim it. I've got to let you know. And then continuing on, he says... I will praise you as long as I live. Man, I, I, can't, I can't reiterate enough. Remember, this is from a bad place. He's not saying, God, I'm going to thank you today because things are good. Because things are going well, I want to praise you today. No, he's saying, look, God, I'm, I'm thanking you because you are still good even though my circumstances are not. Because, God, you remain faithful even though everything around me crumbles. Though my world may fall, God, I still worship you, praise you. And then he says what? I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. In your name I will lift up my hands. So he's, he's saying, look, God, because of who you are, I'm going to raise my hands to praise and to glorify you. I'm going to lift my hands to you, God. It's, it's an act of worship. It's a posture in worship. It's coming before God and, and saying, because of who you are, I raise my hands in praise. When you truly understand who he is, not, not just who he is, when you truly understand what it is that he's done for your life, man, guys, when you realize that his love is even better than life, I mean, you have to express your heart in worship and showing gratitude in some form, some fashion towards him. You have to. It just bubbles from within your being. He, he's so much more than anything else that's going on. In 1 Timothy, another instance of raising the hands, but I want to point something out here. In 1 Timothy, Paul Paul is writing to, to Timothy, who's this, this young up-and-coming uh, pastor, 
And, and Paul is writing to him in regards to, uh, to how Christians worship. He, he's, he's writing to him and he's talking about what's going on within their church, within their region, with how they're, how they're worshiping. And he says this in, in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. He says this, Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray. I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or dispute. Now, to me, what's really cool about this verse is a lot of times throughout Scripture, whenever you see the word men or even mankind, you'll see the word mankind used a lot. And the translation from the Greek, it, it means kind of like people, like everybody. Like, hey, we want, hey, use guys, kind of. You know, it's just this, it's this general term. But in this instance, when you look up the Greek for men right here, what it literally means is, hey, men, it's time to step up. Everybody else, yes, we, we, we're going to talk about everybody too. But in this particular instance, look, I need the men to rise up. Scripture, 1 Timothy, Paul doesn't write and tell us exactly why he, he addressed it that way, why he's, why he's directly talking to the men. But uh, based on my experience, <laughs> I, I think men are often the last to do this. There's, sometimes it's, it's a sense of pride. Sometimes it's just that it's awkward. Sometimes it's just, I, you know, well, I don't have to. You can't make me. <laughs> but for whatever reason, we tend to shy away from it. But Paul says right here, he says, I want the men to lift up holy hands to God. Man, let, let, let me just tell you this. Look, if you want your children to seek after God, you're going to have to be seeking after God yourself. At some point, there's got to be a tone that's set. You've got to seek God. You've got to, got to be a man after God's own heart, just like David. Yeah, there's mistakes along the way. There's things that happen. But, but man, when you truly turn your heart toward God, where even in the wilderness, you can realize, God, man, I, I need you. I cry out for you. Throughout this series, what I want to do, uh, it, again, it's going to be a little different in that what I've, what I've asked our worship team to do is as I'm closing, I'm going to have them come up and as opposed to me just praying and y'all sprinting for the door to beat people to lunch, um, I'm, I'm going to have the band play another song because I want us to worship. I'm going to have everybody stand, and uh, today I'm, I'm going to ask you straight up. I don't, I don't know your background. I don't know where you're from, but, man, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands in worship at the end of this service. I want to talk about why, though. I want to get you there because some people are already like, I'm, I'm out of here Make the baby cry, pinch somebody, do something. Bear with me. Come on, hold on. Let's see, though. All right, so I want to give a few reasons uh, why God wants us to lift our hands to him. And, and first, these are just really simplistic reasons. Uh, uh, firstly, I truly believe with all our heart that our Heavenly Father, that God our Father loves when his children lift their hands in worship to him. I truly believe he loves it. And part of the reason why I believe that is because I know Scripture tells me I was created in the image of God. I was created in the image of God. And, and for me, every single time, man, when, when my kids looked up at, at Dada, look, man, whoo, I, I, was, I was wrapped. The very moment those hands went up, the eyes looked at me and said, Dada, it was over. I, I was done. 
My heart melted towards them as they reached out for me. My heart leapt towards them. And I'm created in the image of God. So I truly believe so the same that our Heavenly Father loves when, when we too lift our hands in worship to Him. And I believe just the same as what happens between we, me and one of my kids. When, when, when our hands move toward God, I believe that His heart moves toward us. God's heart moves toward us when we move toward Him. In fact, James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. As we lift our hands, what we're doing is, is we're drawing nearer to our Heavenly Father. We're drawing near unto him. And at that very moment, according to Scripture, it says he draws near to us. Why do we do this? Because God loves it. Another reason, something similar, uh, some of you, when you hear the word, it's time to, to give an offering, our immediate thoughts go, well, we're going to pass the baskets now, or we're gotta, i got to give up money. But Scripture is also talking about uh, uh, lifting up your hands, how that can be an offering to God. Look, for some of you, man, you haven't been putting in the basket anyway, so, so being able to lift up your hands instead, this is a great option. I'm just making this easy for you. I'm kidding with you. Like, look, guys, look, it, it is. It's an offering to God. It's an offering to God. I want to look up uh, Psalms 141. Do I have it? Nope. Oh, there, I skipped one. We're going to go to there. Psalms 141. In verses 1 and 2, David again, and David again in a very low time of his life, says this. Oh, Lord, I'm calling on you. Please hurry. Listen, when I cry for your help, accept my prayer as incense offered to you, God, and, and accept my upraised hands as an evening offering. An offering to God. I'm praying and I'm acknowledging you. I'm acknowledging who you are, Lord God. I love you, I need you, and, and I'm asking that you would accept my upraised hands as an offering to you. Lifting our hands. For some today, at the end of service, this may be the, the first time that you've ever given an offering of lifting hands to God. And look, it, it's going to feel awkward. I'm not even going to say may. You're not used to it. It feels awkward. Sometimes your arms get tired. Like, I mean, we're going to, they just, so that's why you do the little TV. I, I prefer, I, my fish is pretty big, so I go out here. But... It, it feels weird. It feels just different, and especially when you don't understand why. Some of you here are probably saying, man, Corey, look, I hear you, but I don't even feel like praising right now. Corey, my, my job situation, the economy situation, the, the family situation, the all of these situations, Corey, praising, I, I, I don't feel your happy, your joy. That's not what I need right now. I, on the contrary, all the more why well, you need to be offering praise. God, I'm offering praise to you anyway, not because of what I see, not because of what's going on around me, Father. On the contrary, just based solely on who you are, I offer praise. And God's pleased. We lift our hands because God loves it. We lift our hands to, to him because it's an offering of praise to our God. We lift our hands because as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Uh, another reason that I see through scripture is the lifting of hands is, is it's, a, it's a method of declaring battle. 
It's a form of declaring battle and realizing we need God's help in this battle. Some of you right now, you're in a tough spot. You're in a hard place. And if things don't change, you don't know what you're going to do. But for you, man, it may just come down to saying, God, all right, no more. We get this, this idea that Christianity is some, some, some sort of mild-mannered, meek, turn the other cheek all the time. But, but man, as I look through Scripture, there's times where, where it's time to declare war against the enemy that's already trying to war down on you and your family, you and yours. It's time to say enough's enough. God, we're putting a stop to this now. God, I need your help right now. We're going to battle against this. This is no authority over my family. This has no authority over my job. This has no authority over me and mine. It's time sometimes just to rise up in battle and say, God, I need you. In Exodus 17, there's a a passage. And uh, the Amalekites, it was a group of people, and the Amalekites are attacking Israel. And Moses says to Joshua, Joshua, y'all know Joshua. So Moses says to Joshua, he's like, Joshua, here's what's going to happen. I need you to choose some men. We're going to go to battle. They've been, the Amalekites have been attacking us. They've been coming against us. Enough's enough. We're going to battle. We're going after them. They've declared war against us, and we're pushing back. And Moses says, tomorrow what I'm going to do is I'm going to stand on top of the mountain, and I will lift my, my hands to God, and I'll pray to him. I'm going to lift my hands to God and pray to him. And here's what happened. Here's what Scripture says, picking up in, uh, in verse 10, start, starting in verse 10. It says this, so Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses did what? As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands... The Amalekites were winning. Winning. Losing. Winning. Ooh, it's not looking good. A sliding scale. Losing. Winning. When arms were lifted up, when they were acknowledging the sovereign power of God, God's people were winning. But, but when arms were no longer up, when they were no longer acknowledging the power of God, God's people started losing. As the band comes up and, and begins to play behind me, I, here's the reality. I, I think some of you, some of you right now, you, you're in a battle. There's, there's no question. You know you're in a battle, but... But worse, you feel like you may be losing. It very well just might be time to lift up your hands and say, God, I trust you no matter what. To lift up your hands and say, God, on my own, I I don't have the ability. I don't have what it takes to get this done. but, But I seek you first, Lord Jesus. I lift up my hands and I praise you. In spite of what I feel and in spite of what's going on, I I continue to praise you. I lift up my hands, God, declaring the battle is yours. I trust you. I want to continue on with this and and show you what happens in verse 12. I I think this is is just a a side note. But I I think it it points to something that, uh, that we need to hear. Whenever Moses' hands grew tired, because you can't leave your hands up forever, they would start to drop. 
When his hands grew tired, they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it. And then Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands were made steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. That's why we worship together. Yes, you can, you can go into your prayer closet, you can worship all day long. Yes. But there's something about worshiping together. There's something about coming together. And I realize we're in times right now where we're doing a live broadcast because people that can't get together can still get together. But that's what we got to realize. If you're tuning in, you're still together. I encourage you now, type into the chat. We've got a pastor right there waiting to say hi, hello, white back to you. But there's something about worshiping together. There's something about the body of Christ coming together. Because we don't just worship God by ourselves. We worship him as the body of Christ. We corporately stand together. We lean on one another. We, we lift each other's arms, saying together, we're going to seek God, him first. We're not going to stare at the situation. Instead, we're going to look beyond. Because greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. But guys, when you can't hold up your hands, man, I, I pray I'm there to hold them up for you. So the same, I, I need you to do that for me. We each need just that. Some of you, you're in a battle right now, and man, it, it's time to lift your hands, to declare, God, I need you. My last point on, on lifting hands, it's real quick, real simple. Uh, it's like a universal language. There's, there's two things universally that lifted hands have meant. Number one is victory. It's a, it's a football game. It's jumping up. It's throwing your hands straight up in the air, and it's victory. We won. We did it. The other is, is probably the polar opposite. Somebody's got a gun. They're pointing it at you. It's, it's I surrender. I give up. I, 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 please don't. I surrender. My life is yours. In our language, uplifted hands, universally, it either means victory or it means surrender. But in the presence of God, guys, in the presence of God, it means both simultaneously. See, the very moment that you surrender to him, in the very moment that you give your life to him, in that moment, it's that moment that you find victory in your life. The very moment that you surrender, God, I, I, I need you, is the very moment you can declare victory over any situation. Yes, yes, you may still be in a wilderness. And I pray to God you don't have a son chasing you down with a bow and arrow or a spear. But your situation may still be bad. But even in that situation, even in that circumstance, you can say, oh God, you are my God. And I will ever praise you. As you take a moment and reflect... I want us to remember, if you truly want to be a worshiper, if you want to be all that God's called you to be, you need to remember, number one, that the worshipers are not, it's not once on a Sunday, but it's seven days a week. It's who you are. If you will, let's, let's go ahead and have everybody stand up.
And look, I pray this morning that your prayer is, God, I want my heart to grow even more towards you. Father, as, as Corey was talking about, I, I pray that you would, you would show me, Lord God, as I reach out in faith, as I reach out for you in faith, Lord God, that, that you would show me what this means, what, what all this is, Lord Jesus. Father, that as I reach out to you, that you would draw near to me. Deep in my heart, in passion, in intimacy, God. In worship, as I come before you, as I acknowledge you. I'm going to have the band go ahead and play. And look, guys, just uh, if you're comfortable, man, go straight up. If you're not, just sit there and worship. As they sing that song, as they sit there, just, just all of a sudden let those words reflect in your own heart. Let that be words from, from your mouth to him. And, and then just, just give it to him. Say, God, I give you my life. Light in the darkness, my God, that is occasionally, Lord God, but, but being a true worshiper, a true, somebody with a heart that follows hard after you, God. Father, I thank you for right now a, a church, a body of Christ, Lord God, with lifted hands. We lift our hands towards you, God, as we, as we reach toward heaven, God, I know that you reach toward us. As we draw near to you, Lord God, scripture is clear that you draw near to us. May you be pleased with the worship of your church, Lord. May our hearts turn towards you. And God, I pray specifically for those this morning that are standing here worshiping, standing here with their arms held high, Lord God, even though they may be in a battle right now. 
a battle for their lives, a battle for their family, a battle for their job, a battle for everything around them, Lord Jesus. I pray that there would be other brothers, other sisters, Lord Jesus, who would stand beside and help hold up their arms. Give them the strength, Lord God, right now to continue to step forward, to continue to seek you, to continue to depend on you, to not get so encumbered by the mess that lies right in front of our faces, God, but instead to look to you, the author, the perfecter, the finisher of all faith in Jesus. We surrender our hearts to you. We lift our hands, Lord God, as an act of worship to you, acknowledging you, Lord Jesus. This season, it's about you. It's not about what's going on in our lives. It's about you. This is an act of praise, a, a, a battle cry, Lord God. Be pleased, Father, as we draw near to you. May your name, Lord Jesus, be forever exalted through our actions, through our posture. We pray, Lord Jesus, in the name of your Son, Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give the Lord another clap offering, guys. God bless you all. Y'all have a wonderful Sunday afternoon, guys. God bless.